0: Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy
1: days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day.
0: Hey there, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Monday through Friday, we are here, and today on the Tuesday show, we are talking about a Celtics win over the Detroit Pistons thanks to uh, an okay performance by Isaiah Thomas. You know, it's just a regular old fourth quarter for Isaiah Thomas. Who scored 24 points in the last 12 minutes of the game? Just, you know, another day at the office. Celtics win 113-109. Isaiah finished the game with 41 points, 8 assists. Uh just another amazing game. John Corral is here. We're the Rain and Jays. Sam Jan Packer joins me post-game as J. King works his magic in the bowels of the TD Garden. Sam, you know, what are we going to say? We could just cue up what we've said about Isaiah Thomas in past shows and just play it right now.
1: Yeah, it's it's the story of this entire season. I was with about six minutes left in this game. I was about to go on a a Twitter rant about how the Celtics are kind of throwing this game away. The Pistons are shooting. What was it? Like, I think they were one for – 25 uh, from three at some point there was yeah. no reason no good reason why the Pistons should still be in this game and then just the, the kind of classic Isaiah Thomas show took over and I, I want to say bailed out the Celtics because they really the Pistons were not playing good basketball for the majority of this game and it eventually just Isaiah does what Isaiah does and you know what there's gonna be people who are detractors about his defense, but he, the Celtics continue to win basketball games, and he continues to be out of his goddamn mind. I just don't know.
0: What how else can we you say?
1: you to comprehend this?
0: What else can you say? Stan Van Gundy after the game, according to a tweet from Steve Bulpett, said of Isaiah's 24 point fourth quarter, "I should have had the piss. I should have had them double team." Quote. I did a shit job. So that's Stan Van Gundy's awesome post-game quote on uh, Isaiah Thomas. Let's look at this. Before we get into the Isaiah Thomas performance, because uh, there's a lot to be said about Isaiah's performance, let's just kind of get into some of the things. Working our way backwards, Ish Smith killed the Celtics tonight, just absolutely killed the Boston Celtics, and he had 12 points, in 19 minutes, 6 of 7, he had uh, a few rebounds, a couple of assists, a couple of blocks. I mean, th- th- he was a menace for the, the Pistons. And aside from Marcus Morris, who was a game-high plus 10, a plus 6 for Ish Smith over the course of his uh, stint off the bench. But about four and a half minutes to go in the game... Stan Van Gundy puts in Reggie Jackson, and over that stretch, over the last four and a half minutes of the game, Jackson was a minus four, and you in our post-game notes said, uh, hold on, I want to pull this up, because I want to make sure I'm accurate, said something like, uh, we're lucky, we are lucky Reggie Jackson thinks he's as good as Isaiah Thomas, so with that jam, (laughs) go, go for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the, the headlines are going to be about Isaiah and his point totals, but the, the fact of the matter is the Pistons had plenty of opportunities to kind of take back this game. Um, one was Marcus Smart made missed that gimme layup when Isaiah made the correct pass after Stan Vintu- Gundy actually did try to double him. Then um, Reggie Jackson just takes a wild drive to the hole and misses a layup. Then Marcus Smart does the um, kind of bungles the pass and they have the over the uh, back, not over the back, but over the center line uh, violation. And Reggie Smith, again, it just kind of seems like he's trying to play, you know, one-on-one hero basketball. And it's just, for some players it works. But for Reggie Jackson, this is not, he's never been that type of player. He's, it feels like he put together, like, three months of a, of a season once and then got himself paid. But it, the Celtics really lucked out that that, like, that was how the Pistons decided to end a basketball game because on some possessions it looked earlier that Tobias Harris was really kind of unstoppable. Um, and it felt like if this Pistons may have like made it more of an emphasis to get him the basketball, it might've been a, a different result. But instead it's just Reggie Jackson barreling into the lane with reckless abandon and not really getting anything to show for it. So, I mean, there, there's something to be said for talent and Isaiah Thomas has, a lot more of it than Randy Jackson
0: does. Uh yeah, I would say that's accurate. Understatement. Yeah. Tobias Harris had a nice game. He had uh 15 points overall, four rebounds on 7 of 14 shooting the fourth quarter. He was 3 of 4 seven points a plus 10 in the fourth quarter where the Celtics kind of held off the Pistons. So he was huge. Ish Smith was a plus 11 and so yeah, they got the the Pistons got away from a lot of things. The Celtics got good contributions from Jay Crowder. 21 points, 6 of 12 shooting, 8 rebounds, 4 of 6 from 3. Of course, so much production from Jay Crowder in the first quarter. But he did do some great things later in the game. He had that great hustle play in the third quarter, diving out of bounds to save a loose ball. So Marcus Smart, Sam, was just a a nice, consistent force for the Celtics. And again, comes up big and did a bunch of those little things to help the Celtics win.
1: He was also three of thirteen from the fields um, and had eight assists. It's like the classic Marcus Smart stat line is just he makes some dumb plays, he makes some hustle plays. Ultimately, he contributes to winning, and none of it is pretty.
0: Yeah, so let's so the Celtics hold off the Pistons. Much of this game was really not great. The fourth quarter was this crazy shootout in which the Celtics uh, were outscored 39-34. to 34. So you had 73 points scored in the fourth quarter alone, which is just crazy. But there's a lot of discussion online. And Matt Moore at HP Basketball is... Very often tweeting about this. And he has a little bit of a point, I guess. It's just really interesting to look at what the numbers are bearing out. Tonight is a good example. Isaiah Thomas in the fourth quarter. 24 points. 6 of 9 shooting. 3 of 6 from 3. 9 of 9 from the line. Just an absolute monster fourth quarter for him. He played the entire fourth quarter. The Celtics were outscored by five. He played 37 minutes, 41 points, eight assists, 48% shooting, 36% from three, 15 of 15 from the line. He was a team worst minus 10. So on the one hand, you've got numbers that say, holy shit. Isaiah Thomas is awesome, and you look at the game, and he played awesome, but a minus 10 overall, and a minus 5 for the fourth quarter, he's consistently a minus in these fourth quarters, so you need him to do all of these great things, yet he's consistently on units that get outscored in the fourth
1: i think what it comes down to it is that the numbers they only tell so much of the story and that if the celtics continue to win um with him putting up numbers like this in the end it doesn't it doesn't really matter but i think it's it's very interesting to look at. I'm looking – I think it's a preview of Matt Moore's article, which is probably coming out tomorrow. He said he wrote 3,500 words on this kind of exact issue with the Celtics is that these numbers are staggering, don't really make much sense, and the Celtics keep winning. But if you look at the defensive ratings of every single uh, Celtics like contributor, uh, their defensive rating when uh, Thomas is on the court and when they're, they're off the court, it's like 30, 40, 25 points uh, per 100 possessions better. It's just – But I think some of the issue is that, like, that makes sense. Like, Isaiah's not the best defender, but if you're in the fourth quarter, you're not going to not have him in the game just because I don't think the Celtics' offense would function whatsoever. So it's a calculated risk, is that we're going to be a little bit worse on defense, but because we're so much better on offense with us in the game, the team's going to have a net positive. I just don't, like, like, yes, I, I would say that you would want Isaiah to play better defensively, and yes, it's interesting that the numbers bear this out. But in the end, of the at the end of the day, the Celtics are winning basketball games and have responded quite nicely to that three-game losing streak. And oh, by the way, are only two and a half games back of the first-place Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Right. So it's it's just a very interesting scenario for them to be in this position where the numbers. Overall, the deep dive into the statistics shows one thing. It shows that the Celtics are worse defensively in these stretches, these key stretches, with Isaiah Thomas on the floor. And they're out there. They're giving up. They gave up a ton of points to a team that couldn't score for much of the night. The the Pistons scored 25-21-24. In the first three quarters. Then they score 39 in the fourth quarter. What happens in the fourth quarter? Isaiah Thomas plays a significant amount of time in the rest of the game. He plays 12 fourth quarter minutes. But he played 37 minutes overall. So that's 25 minutes that he was on the floor where the defense wasn't horrible. They didn't give up so many points that it it cost them. And in the fourth quarter, for some reason, other teams start going off. It's a consistent thing. Remember the Miami game where Isaiah scored 50? Miami just kept hitting shots. They just kept hitting shots. They shoot insanely well in the fourth quarter. It's hard to comprehend, but you've got a team like... Detroit that shot forty four percent from the game. They scored. They shot fifty four percent in the fourth quarter. Two of their three three pointers came in the fourth quarter. How do we explain that? I it's
1: it's tough to explain. There (laughs) there are some plays in the in the fourth that you're like directly. Okay, that's Isaiah getting beat. I remember the some of the. I think both are. Well, no, one of them is the KCP three where he just kind of beat Isaiah around screens and was able to get a, a shot off. Then there's another play where the, he got fouled coming around the screen, and that was Isaiah, uh, kind of a similar issue. But it's not, I don't think it's entirely Isaiah's fault. There's just times when, I mean, Marcus Morris hit a bit, or was it Harris or Morris hit a big three, or Jarebko got beat underneath. It's like not all the Celtics defensive lapses in the fourth quarter are directly tied to Isaiah Thomas' impact on the court. It just seems like them, they as a team, don't really play that great basketball uh, defensively. And I know every like single player on the court has, has an impact, and maybe they're, they're so much worse. But it's, just, it's not all Isaiah being beat one-on-one. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm still dumbfounded. I still just don't understand
0: it. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. But... So I'm looking forward. I'm actually really looking forward to to reading what Matt Moore has to say. And I know people who will be listening and who those who follow Matt Moore might have some criticisms of him saying that he tweets a lot of this stuff out in an effort to kind of tweak the rest of us, which may be true to some degree, but uh, I I do respect his writing and his knowledge and everything. Uh, and I think he's been, been doing a great job for a long time. So It's really just uh, up for debate. There's a lot of debate here when it comes to Isaiah Thomas and the numbers and why those numbers are what they are. But the eye test shows. The eye test, we look at this game tonight and we say there's no goddamn way we're winning this game without Isaiah Thomas being on the floor for all 12 minutes. Brad Stevens could not even do his substitution that we liked so much where he plays the first few minutes, gets a sub right around that second TV timeout, and then somewhere with four or five minutes to go comes back in and finishes the team off. He's he's had to play these entire fourth quarters. So we know without him playing the way he does, we're cooked, but... The numbers are what they are i don't it's hard to explain
1: now i've seen some people saying that like oh yeah isaiah is doing great but if it, when it comes to playoff time this is just going to lead to to losses and i mean i can understand the argument of the playoffs it's kind of it slows down but it like Nothing that has happened currently this season would seem to indicate that Isaiah playing this crazily is going to lead to losses. It feels like he's getting, he's doing a tremendous job creating offense on of his own in the half court. Um, so if he can continue to kind of score and shoot like in January, he averaged 33 points a game, 32.9 on 50, 44, and 94. That's the kind of the historic 50-40-90 line that's is rarely done. I mean, so I don't see how you can make this, well, this it's not going to continue in the playoffs when he's just continually gotten better and continues to score at the same rate. So I I mean, I just I don't see the argument of, well, if he, if this continues in the playoffs, they're not going to win. Well, no, it's they're like winning right now. So it's it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. I know the game changes in the playoffs. They're going to double a lot more. And we saw Tobias Harris play Isaiah Thomas pretty well tonight, which is an interesting development that he uh, will maybe set a blueprint. If you if you have an athletic forward and you can use that guy on Isaiah Thomas without sacrificing the uh, – Jay Crowder production, you know, you want to put you want to put somebody on Crowder that I, I don't know what he's going to be, what Crowder's going to be in the playoffs if he's going to if those ankle issues are going to ever go away. And maybe he can drive more and and make a team pay for this, but or maybe teams that have a few forwards can throw some size out there and and really bother Isaiah. We know that Isaiah struggles against size, but even if they do, even if they do and they throw double teams at him, the Celtics do have options, and Al Horford presents an option for the Celtics when that doesn't work out uh, for Isaiah Thomas. If they play, if they get played like the Hawks played them last night, you can go to Al Horford. Now, Al Horford had a nice game tonight, thirteen points, six of ten shooting. You can argue again that he should take more shots. That the fact that he took ten, he took fewer shots than Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder. Um, that that you can argue that he should be taking a lot more shots. But that's an argument that I think we're going to have. He still had six rebounds and six assists. I made note in, during the game that his passing is completely underrated still. But when the playoffs come around, we're going to need Horford to step up. We're going to need Crowder to step up. And again, we're doing all of this without Avery Bradley too. So we got to see when Avery Bradley comes back what they're going to do. But it's just it's I'm I'm really curious as to why the Celtics continuously get outscored in these fourth quarters with Isaiah Thomas on the floor. Yeah, it's obvious that Isaiah Thomas needs to be on the floor to win these games. It's the, the two numbers just don't make sense. So I guess we'll just leave that at that. And <laughs> we'll just be happy that Isaiah Thomas is the king in the fourth. That's if the Celtics lose, yeah, I mean, at the end of the, go ahead. They, I, trouble, I, I'm just saying that they they lose this game without Isaiah Thomas.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, if the numbers are saying that, like at all points in the fourth quarter, the team is worse statistically with Isaiah Thomas on the floor. Like at no point, any sane basketball person would say, "Well, then just don't play Isaiah Thomas in the fourth quarter." Then, like that's just, it 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 boggles the mind that like. Like at no like I get the like pointing out that the numbers are interesting, but at no point is like anyone asking for Brad Stevens to make a strategic switch. It's just like it's it's interesting, but you just you kind of note that and then you move on because the Celtics are still winning.
0: Yep. Uh, shout out to people on Twitter using the hashtag Raiden in game. You can do that whenever we'll take a look. We'll try to get as many of these comments on the show. Uh, a man has no name at I'm like Mike Seven twenty three. Celtics ride it for 24 and the fourth still need to stay solid defensively. That game could have gone, could have gone either way. Absolutely. Uh, and that's, that's going to be the question as to how this continues at Gates underscore Ben. Sorry, Marcus. I love you, but that hair has got to go. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I like this hair more or the other hair more. It's all kind of.
1: I I, I kind of like the hair. I just, I just like the change-up. I like that Marcus Smart doesn't uh, doesn't lock into one hair. He's uh, he's constantly changing it. I like that.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. So it's thanks. Better than
1: the Gerald Greed Samurai poof.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just gotta say, Gerald Green cracks me up. At the end of was it the first half? When the Celtics had the final possession, nine seconds left on the clock. The ball is inbounded. Marcus smarts like waving frantically up the right sideline. Let's go push it up, push it up. And and Joe Green's like, nah, I got plenty of time, nine seconds, plenty of time for me to walk it up and jack up a three myself. He's just, the ball was in his hands. He was taking that shot. No matter what, Gerald Green is just hilarious that way. Uh, you missed that shot, as he did all but one of his five shots. So, but He also yet, tried to murder
1: someone on a dunk attempt and just he did. slammed it into the rim, which was mighty entertaining because he can still get up there.
0: He he can. Now, now, see, here's how numbers are so weird. No one would sit there and say Gerald Green had a good game, right? Plus 12. Gerald Green, plus 12. Isaiah Thomas, our hero, minus 10. Team worst, minus 10. Joe Green team best plus twelve, so if that's not an indication that plus minus is isn't the be all end all, but just so weird, just so weird, I can't take it. Uh, all right, any other things that stick out to you? Um, from this game, the
1: it was just a it was a really ugly basketball game. I mean, there's some stretches there from the second and third quarter where I was. Kind of just angry at the at the world for kind of making me watch this, but uh, luckily, kind of the basketball balances itself out. The one thing I uh, is this sacrilegious to say that uh, Kevin McHale's not a very good color commentator. How dare you?
0: Um, no, so he's no, so it, so it is no, no, he's he can be okay. I don't know. Sometimes he did say that he liked Marcus Smart off the ball, which. Runs completely contrary to every conclusion that we've made on this show. That Marcus Smart off the ball is probably your worst Marcus Smart. So I don't know. Uh, I I he's okay, but not great. I can't I can't bring myself to criticize Kevin McHale. You you got to do it. You're much younger than me. It, it hurts me too much. As someone who
1: is uh, barely alive for any of his career, I can feel more uh, comfortable saying that he just was talking a bunch of nonsense and didn't really seem like he had any confidence in any of his opinions, um, and I kind of uh, was cringing at a lot of the things he said, and so to pair him with the great Kevin Harlan, who has, is probably the best play-by-play guy in the, in the business right now, uh, seems like an odd choice by TNT, and it was a little bit distracting uh, for me to hear Kevin McHale.
0: All right. I'm not going to say anything else. That's my piece. Fine. I'll leave it to you. That's that's fine. We'll just leave it there because I can't bring myself to add to that. So I won't. In fact, I'll end the show. We'll just leave it at that. There you go. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, subscribe. If you're not a subscriber, if you found us for the first time through somebody's Twitter feed or wherever, maybe on fanragsports.com, then that's, uh, we really highly encourage you to subscribe to the show. And this way you can get more Celtics perspective. You can, uh, even if you're not a fan of the Celtics, maybe you come here as a fan of the Pistons somehow. That's part of the beauty of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have shows for every team. The Celtics' next game is against the Raptors. There's a Lockdown Raptors show. So if you're a Celtics fan, you want to go and check out what the Lockdown Raptors uh, podcast is saying, do that. I haven't listened to their new shows, but check them out. They're going to be previewing, I'm sure, the Boston Celtics game or talking about us at least after. And sometimes after the games, it's fun to kind of listen to what the other team has to think because they just see things differently. I love that about basketball. I love that about sports. Two people from two different sides watch the exact same events and come up with two different conclusions. I love that stuff. So check out the rest of the network. Rate us five stars. Rate us all five stars. That really helps us spread the word. uh, gets, Gets the word out there. Increases our listenership. And that helps pay some bills. Or at the very least, buy us some beer. Which is a nice little perk anyway. So... That's the show. Celtics win by four over the Detroit Pistons at home. Toronto Raptors next. Celtics are the second seed looking to hold on to that second seed and maybe just maybe inch closer to the number one seed. Celtics top seed in the East. It's possible. It's possible. You never know. And we'll be talking about it here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles.
1: Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off storewide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.